Welcome back to the Do Your Damn Job podcast, episode three. Episode three, we have a local favorite with us tonight. We have a, we have a guy from Pearland Fire Department, Houston Fire Department, fully representing the rainbows in this world, fully representing the fact that I myself rode a Quint during my time on the truck and uh, even spent his own money to get a shirt made uh, for me. So I expect one of those shirts uh, here in the near future. Uh, it is not a truck, Jacob, right? So let me introduce you to our friend, one of my good friends that I work with in Pearland, Stephen Sims. We call him Uncle Sims. We call him Uncle Sims for a reason. So Uncle Sims is a truck chauffeur over at Station 55, the double nickel on the B-Shift. So he's a proud member of the B-Shift. He's with Houston Fire Department. He has been with HFD since 2007 and Pearland since 2016. Uncle Sims takes his coffee with just a splash of rookie tears. One has said that his cantankerous, grumpy butthole, whose only childhood dream was to grow up to be a cantankerous, grumpy chauffeur. That Yelp review was provided by his wife of 25 years and the mother of their three sons. Uncle Sims is known to aid in the training of rookies. Correction is known to yell at rookies, but I know better than that. Yelling at the frightened little rooks keeps his rookie tears and supplies for the black coffee. Recently on the Hooks and Hoses podcast, it was stated that Uncle Sims was the best thing that ever happened to a certain young officer's life. I kind of want to tap into that. He collects the tears of bugles as well, just to keep them in the back storage for the coffee. On the reel, though, he doesn't take himself much seriously. He's cantankerous and a bit grumpy, but he's also a goofball that drinks coffee out of unicorn mugs. He loves the job. He has an immense amount of passion. He loves his guys, and he's just figuring the rest out as he goes. Steven Sims, welcome to the show, brother. What's up, Jacob? Glad What's... to be here. Man, I'm Man. excited. Thank it's you. Not Thank a truck, you. Jacob. It's, it's not, not a truck. truck. I get it. I get it. You know, it's, 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 it's an engine with aerial accessories. Aerial accessories. You know, I was always told that it was just an engine and ISO rating on top. Uh, you know. Mm-mm-mm. So, man, Steven, it's good to have you, bro. I really appreciate it. I know that you and I have shared a ton of good conversations over black coffee over at the kitchen table in the firehouse. And man, before we get started, would you just give us a little background on yourself, kind of how you became a fireman, why you became a fireman and why you refused to test for captain and stay in that seat, turning the wheel. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I am a, uh, proud graduate of, uh, Angleton high school. Uh, as soon as I graduated, I was on an airplane off to the United States Navy. Uh, did that for about six years. I uh, got out and uh, uh, I was sitting there kind of doing some uh, construction telecom work. And I was like, man, I don't like this nine to five stuff. So I flipped a coin, police academy, fire academy, and landed on police academy. <sighs> uh, long story short, law enforcement didn't work out. I ended up going into uh, fire service in uh, 2007 with a uh, fire department. Uh, and then I, I rookied at the double nickel. Uh, I piped at uh, 25 and uh, the third board. I did a short stint as an amlet chauffeur in the medical center, station 33. And then I got the engine at uh, 55s on the Delta. I drove that for a little bit over four years. And I got the ladder truck on the at 55s on the Bravo. And that's where I've been. I've been there almost two years now driving the truck. And, you know, and beyond that, I just uh, 
drink coffee with my rookie tears and uh and give you a hard time yeah yeah you sure do you're one of my favorites man you do give me a real hard time but i love it and uh i would like to say that probably chris kelly captain chris kelly's success is due to you driving him over there wasn't he on the delta with you yeah yeah uh you know you know not only i make little rookies in the you know firemen i guess i make a you know junior juniors into seniors you know uh i'm pretty i'm pretty good uh well-rounded chauffeur you know Mm -hmm. you have a lot of success stories to talk about Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, i don't know success stories uh uh, you know it's it's uh training guys is always uh it's it's always a ever-growing thing you know, you always realize you're like, man, I don't know as much as I thought I did, or at least like I can't put things into words or I can't explain things right. How do I make it better? So, um, uh, me and Chris Kelly, uh, won't, on Engine 55, we uh created a kind of a training regiment to go along with uh the uh probationary firefighter task book for Houston Fire Department and um. It's a was it's more like a living document, like the Constitution. It was ever changing. Man, this didn't work. We could do this better, this and that. Uh, one thing we did develop was uh, a syllabus. Right, uh, right. rookies have a little workbook. It's a little Excel spreadsheets, and uh, you know this is what they have to do. And then you got to kind of figure out how do we do it. You know, especially like on engine engine fifty five. You know, that makes feels like a thousand runs a day sure. you know how do we get this all done in, you know in a 24-hour period and i'm add af so i need i needed <laughs> something that could something that's going to be like that i wouldn't get overwhelmed with or get lost and you know lost in whatever land i was in that day and so I, this is what happened to happen this needs to happen today Right. So basically what I did is come up with a syllabus. So every day from day one of that rookie starting till his last day of testing off of phase off of phase three was his life was scheduled or their lives were scheduled. Sure. And, you know, it's like everything else, still a living document. Hey, Rook, we didn't get this done today. We're going to shoot it over here to this day. And so I, I was always changing things and developing and getting it better. And um, I had that machine running well, but of course, like fire services, people promote, crews break up, mm-hmm. you get the ladder truck. So um, this the current rookie we have right now is the first I've had with the officers I have right now. So it's like back to a learning curve again. Sure. You got to uh, teach them but, as much as you teach the rook. Right. But But not only that, but it's like, getting their input because you know the end of the day those those two guys are the fto's you mm-hmm. know i'm just assisting um and i don't be like no this is the way you know i want to take their input how they want to do it and you know like so this rook will kind of learn especially me and a junior we've uh uh figured out um kind of adjusted duties a little bit i can take on a little bit more because he's busy doing this or making runs or whatever and it's easy for me to do this this and this because i'm already doing 
other things, you know, administrative sure. stuff as well. So again, it's like a, it's not set in stone. Right. And, and that's what I like about it. You know, you can go off the cuff, you can change things, you can adjust on the fly if you need to. And uh, I think every rookie that's came through with us uh, is a success story in their own way. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's going to have their opinion on that person, but. Yeah. But I mean, at the know, end I, of the day, the end of the I, day, they made it through. Yeah. They made it through. And if I remember right, I mean, we, you and I've had a lot of conversations about your rookies over coffee. And, uh, it, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember you telling me one time, like if they can make it through the training regiment that I developed with Chris, right. Or if they can make it through the training regiment that I still keep alive today, their face testing is going to be a joke because I'm oh, going yeah. to give them more than what that face test will ever give them. Oh yeah. Like my, uh, just the quizzes off our guidelines. If you can pass my quizzes, you know, uh, you're going to pass your face test. No problem. Cause sure. you know, I'm, you know, again, cantankerous and grumpy. If I have to write you a quiz, <laughs> it's not going to be easy, you know, you know, and it, good thing now I've been doing this for, you know, uh, really in, in deep for about six years. You know, I have a test bank of, you know, I have like, Hey, Rook, you're doing a good job here. Here's a 10 question test. Oh man, you suck. Here's a fill in the blank, 50 questions, you right. know? And so it's like, you know, and it's like those, um, people, you know, people like, man, that's mean. I'm like, well, you know, life has consequences. And if you're not studying, I'm going to make things a lot harder. Well, you see, but that's just it. I remember. Cause you know, I know you come across tough and guys are going to sit here and be like, Oh, that guy doesn't care, but it, it's quite the opposite. You care so much that you, you really look into their abilities and then you judge their motivation and their discipline, uh, based off of their, of their, uh, performance. And if I remember right, you were telling me that when you say they suck, it's not just like they suck and I quit. It's I'm going to push you harder because I want you yeah. to drive deep. I want you to dive deeper. I want you to get more discipline. I want you to learn the ways. Or if you don't, then I know you're not worth my time. Like, like my wife says, I dig in deep and make things worse, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just pushing them, you know, you got to earn it, you know, um, and they're unfortunate, you know, throughout, even through the fire service, you know, some stations are going to be harder than other stations, you know? Sure. And, uh, and station 55 is one of those stations that it's kind of hard as a rookie to, to get through, you know? Um, I mean, even like if you're on a debit day and you're coming over as a rookie from the D shift, you know, God forbid, you don't know something mm -hmm. you're going to learn. You're going to learn it. You're going to learn you know? it. You know, is it going to be fun? I have probably not, but I mean, that's, that's kind of like one of my philosophies and why I'm not that I'm hard, but it's like, it's a never ending list of things to do. Mm -hmm. Right. You got, you got three quizzes. You have to clean everything. You got, you know, you got, performance standards to do you got you know however many runs you're going to make for the day and it's like just that that stress hormones just dripping and mm -hmm. how do you how, and, and and it's like how do you deal with it do you learn how to prioritize you know things what's the most important thing to get done i need to get these things done first but i can go do these later you know and 
and and and at the same time you feel like you're almost drowning all the time in task and you know and but you're like at the end of it they're like man i can kind of manage this so right. it's almost like being on a tough call you know like the world is, you know, the sky is falling. I have to prioritize what I'm doing. Sure. You know, I got to be confident in my job and what I know through my knowledge and experience. And this is what I'm going to do. Well, and, 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 you know, just and just for the listeners out there, like you're explaining and you're doing all this. And it seems, you know, to the average listener, it seems like you have all this time to, to instill all of this into this rookie. Right. But for the listeners out there, your house averages somewhere around 50 runs a day. That pumper's yeah. tapping on 18. The ambulance is tapping on 20, 21 a day. That ladder truck's probably at six or seven. And, uh, and I mean, y'all are, y'all are steady. So if that rookie's assigned yeah. to the pumper that day, he's not getting a whole lot in there. You got to get it while he's there. No, I mean, uh, like you're on the pumper, you're, uh, you know, you get off the EMS run, you're catching hydrant real quick, mm-hmm. you know, or you're pulling the line, you know, and then boom, go back in service. You know, so it, it, it's those ways of, of figuring out how to do it do all that stuff you know um the fortunate thing is when he gets to the truck when a rookie gets to a truck it's kind of a little bit slower so get a little bit more uh time to train but what you could at least double the equipment on a truck compared to a pumper at least you know uh and then for me i get another thing stresses on them is information overload phase one is on the pumper uh, every piece of equipment is on that pumper, that pumper itself. I mean, it's, you know, a binder that thick mm-hmm. of just information sheet and on the truck the same way. And I slide that buck over to them on, on phase. They, they want to phase one day of phase two. This stuff is now testable. Not, not tomorrow, not in two hours. I can test you on this stuff right now, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, some rookies have, Bell test or bell pop quizzes and may have not ridden the truck for the rest of the day because they failed to, um, you know, know the stuff on the truck. Right. To and, show and their it, competence. Well, yeah. You know, and it's like after phase one, you should know on phase two what is totally expected of. And it, but it, it's, it's always funny how like, you know, you get through phase one, which is two months, and you kind of get comfortable with the crew. <clears throat> and you think, you know, people are probably joking with you. If you're an all right person, you know, people start choking with you and all that kind of stuff. And you get a little comfortable and you get a little lazy. Mm-hmm. And then there, you know, five pop quizzes, boom, right on the table. And it's never, it's never a pretty sight. So let's. But, so let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Cause you made up an interesting point. Like if I throw, if, if you enter phase two and you don't know what's expected out of you out of phase one, you know, you may not, you may not ride that truck the rest of the day. So where, where do you go from there as their chauffeur, as their senior man of the house, as their, as their mentor, let's say, how, how do you help them pick up the pieces from there? Like everything. It's like, um, luckily I have a, a guy that rides on the ladder every day, except for his ambulance day. <clears throat> and we're pretty, we're pretty tight knit guys, you know, we're in the kitchen cooking together and all that kind of stuff and splitting the grocery duties. He does more grocery duties than me, but you know, 
we're always communicating. And so we're always on the same page. So if I'm the bad cop, he's the slightly less bad cop, you know, and like, <laughs> you know, like, like, Hey man, I, you know, we warned you, you were warned. These are the expectations. You're yeah. not meeting them. And it's you. And it's usually when things like that happen, you know, um, you get a little talking to a little stern talking to that. Uh, it kind of wake them, wakes them back up. Um, for example, uh, looking one time, bombed the territory test like a drag like you know the main drags uh i don't know if it's the cullen drag or the scott drag but uh we had him out there in the bay marking the streets off with tape but you know ems tape mm-hmm. and, and and that's how he learned it you know and i mean we we had to come to jesus talk about it you know and and uh you know stern talking to because it's like hey you need to take this stuff serious because if you don't take this little silly, you know, territory quiz serious, what else are you not going to take serious? Right. And you know, that's, and that's, kind of, and that's what, like one sixteenth of the job, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, you know, the, and the, your ability to get there is, is very minor compared to what you're going to have to do when you get there. You know, and, and that's like a, what I tell them, you know, as you know, especially in phase one is man, they're struggling to keep everything clean and they're just, you just can see despair on their face. And, and, and I tell them, I'm like, this is a badge of honor. You're, you're, you're earning, you know, like I'm, I'm, cause you're going to make it through, you know, we're going to try our damnedest when you make it through. But uh, if I can't trust you to have, you know, to have the attention to detail, to clean the bathrooms, to, you know, clean the officer's rooms, you know, all these, you know, little nitpicky things all the all these little small things if i can't trust you to do that i can't trust you to do big things but on the flip side like if i know you're squared away and you can clean the bathrooms you're mopping you're putting stuff up you're doing your little 10 second tidies during the day and then you know i can trust you on the big things because i know you can handle yourself sure you know and you know and, and there's been memes going out there all the time about you know well my you know my rookie's first day he's out there training he ain't making coffee he ain't washing dishes i like mine is because on day one at 6 31 in the morning we could make a fire he ain't ready for it but he's basically going to be ready for it and one way he's going to get there is making the coffee washing the dishes you know scrub you know scrubbing whatever you know, making sure there's no water spots on the windows for the chauffeurs. You know, just all those little things is he's going to be able to handle that stress. So anything big that falls on him, he's like, I got this. And right. I've seen it. I've, I've seen it multiple times. Well, you know, and you and I have talked about that in the past. And that's that's one thing, you know, I guess we we agree and then we disagree on some things about it, you know, as far as like first thing in the morning, making their coffee and all that. But where you and I do agree is that first day, yes, you're teaching them all that, but you're also teaching them the correct way to put their gear on the truck and the correct way to, to check their air pack out and what is expected of them. And that you're not just riding first line today. Like here's what you're going to do on an extrication. Here's what you're going to do on a fire. Here's what you're going to do on a medical call. And you're lining out their expectations for performance based on that position. And you're right. I mean, they're not going to be ready for that fire at six 31 in the morning, but 
if they get there early enough and you're able to get them into that groove, then within a few tours, you know, they'll feel a little bit more comfortable. Not that they're going to be ready, but they'll be comfortable to, to walk through the threshold of that door and put yeah. a knock on a fire. Yeah. I mean, it, when it goes like the skills, uh, I've, I've stalled this, I think it's train your probie, but you do the basics and the, until they become advanced. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Uh, I mean, you could see it, you know, why do I need, you know, you know, six year appointment, why do I need to pull this line? Everybody can pull lines, you know, and I'm like, let's see it. Right. They might pull it. You'd be like, okay, all right, you're, you know, you're good. But then, you know, you might not, you know, uh, I could be the same way. I could go pull a line. It could be shit show or it could be shit show, you know, but you know, I'm confident enough that I, I I'm going to pull a line. It's going to be okay. It's going to get the job done at least, you know? Sure. And, but I mean, but that's like, but the whole thing is, is, you know, we're going to do this stuff over and over and over. And it's going to be so monotonous and so boring, but at the end of the day, you're going to know how to do it to, you know, to at least what the basic standard is. That's right. Do the yeah, basics until they become advanced, like you said. Yeah, you know. So, it, so how many how many live burns have you gone to, or how many trains have you gone to where senior people of the job have struggled pulling a line off the truck? Multiple. Multiple, right? I mean, it happens yeah. all the time, and it's because they're not doing it like you're saying. They did it, did it, did it when they were a rookie, and now they think they're above that, so they just sit there like, "Oh, I can do it." But then the minute that that their butts on the line they can't do it correctly. And then it slows everything down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, and I mean, I've done it. I've, I've, I've done stupid stuff during training, but I'm glad I've done stupid stuff during training because it just made me better, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately for me, I have to mess up a bunch to get things right. And that's one thing I like with rookies is like, you're going to mess up. You're not going to be perfect. You know, and that's one thing I tell them is just be comfortable being uncomfortable and making mistakes because you're never going to do anything good. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be great. So just just get used to doing that. You know, just be able to make mistakes, learn from it, and move on. You know, don't dwell on it because it's not going to matter in five years. You know, uh, I mean, you, we could pull Chris Kelly on here right now, and he, if I made a mistake, when I was driving him, he never had to say anything to me because I was on the other side of the pumper chastising myself, you know? Right. And, and that's kind of how I've, mo- uh, I've gone into uh, this with the rookies is holding yourself accountable, right? Mm-hmm. Even with the crew, it's like, we're all adults. You want to be treated like an adult. Nobody wants to be yelled at. Everybody gets mad when they get yelled at or they get in trouble or put in time out or whatever. So the way to avoid that is hold yourself accountable. If you see something that needs to be done, do it. Don't worry about what so-and-so is doing. You go do it, you know? And if you're holding yourself accountable and you're doing the right thing when it needs to be done, it's going to be no issues with you. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, at my station on my shift, if I have to hold you accountable, it's not going to be fun. Just like if the officer has to hold me accountable for doing something, not going to be fun. Because now I got to look at them. They're disappointed in me. And then I'm going to dwell on it for longer than I need to do. But that's just me. But, you know, and then once I get over it, I go make new mistakes. 
But, um, you know, and I, that's what I tell my rookies. Make your mistake, learn from it, move on, make new mistakes. Right. Even train them, even train like younger guys that come to our station. We, uh, you know, we've had some that's come to our station that uh, wasn't trained up the way we would like them to. So we worked with them and, uh, you know, and we're like, we're going to work with you until you get better or you leave. You sure. Know, which, whichever one. And nine times out of 10, they get better. But you, you know, know that to, to, when you, when you hit on that self accountability, I mean, have you seen, I mean, I know personally I have, have you seen in the big city fire department, have you seen that the more you hold yourself accountable for your mistakes, the more you chastise yourself, the more that you fix yourself or that mistake by yourself, uh, the little bit easier those officers are to chastise you. That sometimes yeah. they just give you that look, right? Or they just look across that engine count and you're like, yep, I did it, my fault. And then they mm -hmm. know that you're going to handle it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, again, everybody wants to be treated like an adult, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody like, and, and so, and, and hopefully the adult sitting next to you that has bugles on their collar will see that you're trying to be adult and hold yourself accountable. And then that's pretty much you know, like you said, you make that eye contact, it's over, you know, it's when, you know, whoever has to hold the other guy accountable, that's when, you know, emotions get into play and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but I've, I've seen it more than not. If you're, a, if you hope, you know, if you're a good dude or, or um, whatever the proper term is these days, uh, then um, people usually leave you alone let you self-correct. Mm hmm. So that's so, man, like you've you you blasted off and I love it. I mean, I, I couldn't even keep up with where we were. Right. And uh, and it's it's I ladies and gentlemen, mouth. it's a typical coffee house, coffee, firehouse, kitchen table conversation with me and Uncle Sims. Everybody just kind of sits around and stares at us. Right. Uh, but man, like when we, let's get down to a little bit about Uncle Sims. So. I know that you were at the same house as one of my lieutenants, David Hefner, and that you have a lot of great things to say about him. But the one question that's never been answered is, did he rookie under you or did you rookie under him? We're on different shifts. Different shifts. He was, yeah, he was, on, he was on the squirrel shift. He was on the squirrel shift. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we gave them a bunch of shit a lot. <laughs> yeah, Dave, he, he's told me before, he goes, I could be a squirrel, but I like it. And yes. I love it, man. He's he's really led to the, the to change in station two over there in Pearland and really adding a lot of tradition to it. He's a man, you know, he is a squirrel. He self-identifies as a squirrel, but he's a good dude and he's got a good heart. And 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 that's that's the difference. You you got squirrels out there, coconuts, whatever you want to call them. They're, you know, they try to be legend makers. And then you got squirrels out there, coconuts, they just got a good heart. They just they're just ate up and they just want to do it mm -hmm. and 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 that's the difference you know uh and then you know you got goofballs like me that uh just ramrod through through their life but uh you know and <laughs> and, and mess with the squirrels and 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 you too well yeah you know me you can call me squirrels <laughs> all right bro <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what i don't you're a different classification, Jacob. I'm gonna have to come up with a new word for you. Well, you can come up with a new word. I mean, you got you you spent about twenty five dollars on a t shirt for me for one show. So well, you know, it's 
the internet expects things and I have to. Uh, that's the first time I've heard you call it the internet. Interwebs. 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 But uh, man, so so let's dive into a little bit, right? So you were a rookie and you rookied yeah. over at uh at 25s, right? Yeah. So yeah. so who was who was your guy? Who was your girl? Who was your mentor? Who was that one person that you could say really had a major impact on your rookie year? Uh at 55, uh, I'm going to say it was uh, Greg Obert. Okay, Captain Obert. Uh, yeah, he, he was Popper Schofer. Uh, I got over there in the wake of uh, um, just right after uh, Dwayne Guillory died. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, and um, I was over there for a bit with uh, Obert, and then uh, we got a, we got a, a captain. Uh, and he, he's, he's a great guy too, but I just remember like my first fire I made ever house fire I ever made pulled out on slab on 50, uh, at 50, uh, the old 55s and over it looked like this and like, we're close. And I mean, he looked back at me and I guess my eyeballs were like, you know, this big <laughs> and he's like, calm down, slow down, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, we went in there, and we made that fire. You know, little rooms and contents fire that they got a little bit in the attic, nothing big, nothing major, and uh, you know, got the job done. And then uh, I just we continue making fires. And one day I went from Rook to Sims. You know, and mm-hmm. and 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 uh, you know, I was an older rookie, thirty one. You know, I knew how to play the game. I was, you know. I was a 20 year old that didn't know anything. Sure. You know, I I was in the military, so I know how to clean toilets, you know, and uh, they would ask me the GPMs on stat tips and I'd throw all that stuff out to them. And then I'd turn around and give them liters per minute, you know, (laughs) and just because it was on the opposite side, you know, and I'm like, I'm just going to learn all this. And and that's what I did. And, um, and there's pipemen over there, you know, they, you know they guided me too um but you know o- over had a had an impact on me as as a old rookie old man rookie you know mm-hmm. and then uh and then when i left there and went back to 25s uh we had an old head chauffeur over there jim morris he was oh scared. jim i've heard his name a hundred times with different people he, uh, i i remember the first day i was at 25 right Mm-hmm. This is back, it's back when we could wear, you know, the, the actual station T-shirts. And, uh, I mean, I was so happy. I was over there, and I had my had my 25s T-shirt on, freshly pressed, uh, Class B, ready to go. And a senior pipeman set me down at the, at the table, and he's, like, kind of going over things with me. And then uh, an older rookie, like, just that just got off probation, came out of the bathroom in the lounge and I heard, Hey Rook, who gave you permission to wear that t-shirt? And he just froze. And, and he's like, oh, oh, get that shirt off of you right now. And I like, mean, he scrambled back off, you know, into the bathroom. And then I had that shirt on like, uh Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm 30. I'm 31 years old. You uh-huh. know? I, I've lived some, you know, I have children and I live, I live some life. Yeah. I was sinking down in that chair and I was like, oh, oh God, you know? <laughs> and then I just felt this presence looming over the top of me. And he was like, 
you the new rook? I go, uh-huh. And he just kind of stares at me for way too long and then walks off, you know. I'm like, and I looked at the senior pipe and I'm like, can I wear this shirt? And he just started laughing, you know. <laughs> but you know, you know, it was it was funny, man. I mean, we went from everybody had their turn at being senior pipemen and getting fired, you know, and it, sure. it was like, you know, you know, senior pipemen get fired, it work it all the way down the rookie and all the way back up. Um, but that that was an experience for me because I got to uh as a pipeman, I got to go basically from a rookie to senior pipeman at that station with Jim. I went through two different captains. Mm-hmm. Um, and then D-Ray was there too, right? Yeah, D-Ray was there when I was there. Uh, learned a lot from him, you know. You know, you know how he is. He's oh, just, yeah, he's just like you except uh, elevated. Yeah, he's – yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's different rambunctious. Breed. Different breed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, got a lot more energy than me. Uh, but, no, but learned a lot from D-Ray. Uh, too you know and i think some of those guys over there you know you're making fires and you're just rookie and you're scrambling trying to get stuff together they're over there on plugs just you know i'm like Uh looking i'm like what's wrong with you you a turd you know you piece (laughs) of shit what you know and you're just scrambling and they're just getting there and they come off the pumper way different than you you i'd come off the pumper rookie because I saw it when I was on that seat too. Mm-hmm. Just come off the pumper, look like Tasman Devil, getting caught up in everything. Can't get out of your seat. Can't pull the line. You know, just and them guys are just like, and I and and, and I got to go from that to the other guy on the you know on the other seat going like sure, freaking rookie. You know, yeah. slow down, man. Slow down. Calm down. It's gonna be okay. But how important, how important was it to experience that? How important was it to see those guys in such a calm manner going to a box? I mean, 25s is no joke. I mean, it's not like y'all didn't burn fires every week. Y'all were burning every week. Yeah. I I mean, we, you know, we did, uh, we went through some slumps, uh, but when I left, right before I left, before I got made, we called the rain of fire. Cause we, I was like, at one point I was like, I could never make a fire again in my career and I'm okay with because I'm tired, <laughs> but but I, and but I learned a lot, you know, and um, and you know just just being able to do that, see those things, and collect it, you know. Uh, I don't, to be honest, I really don't think my fire department career came together till I became a chauffeur. Really, um, I I man, you know. I'll say this the day I die that I'm an okay fireman at best. You know, I can go in there and get the job done, you know. Um, but when, when I became a chauffeur, it, it was like all the pieces on this jigsaw puzzle kind of all of a sudden came together and I understood it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I became a better fireman overall. And, you know, and I think one of those reasons was working with. Chris Kelly, I mean, his, you know, he's a squirrel too. He's a lovable squirrel, but just working with him, training with him, um, doing all those things, it's like, I, I guess that was just the time in my career where everything fell together. And I understood it. But. Sure. And, and that's and that's one thing I tell the young guys and the rookies is like, you're not going to be a good fireman tomorrow. You're not going to be a good fireman when, when you get off base testing. You're not going to be a good fireman when you get off probation. 
you're probably tracking to be a good fireman, but you might, you know, it might one year, you might be a great fireman. It might take you three or four years to be a really good fireman. As long as you're tracking that way, you're fine. I said, one day the, all the pieces will fall together and you'll figure it out. And, and, and that's what happened to me. I got, I guess I got to see the whole picture, the big picture, you know, from outside. And I understood a lot more, you know, but, uh, that's when it happened for me. Sure. Well, and I mean, but it's important because seeing those guys and seeing their calm approach and working with Captain Kelly, I mean, it, it starts to build uncle Sims, right? Like it, it's not yeah. like you went from rookie to uncle Sims. You went from rookie to Sims and then you started to get more salty. Then you started to see more examples. You started to have more people step up into your life and that, and that created uncle Sims where it was, Hey, I'm now going to take everything I learned from Overt and from Jim and from D Ray and from Captain Kelly and so on and so on. And I'm going to start putting it into the rookies that come under me because as you said to me, right, there's no dead fireman laying in the front yard on my watch. Yeah. Yeah. And and you believe in that. Yeah. Well, you know, can I stop that? No, because this is a job that can kill you, you know. Um, and, and uh, but my experience with the uh, Hobbs and Harlow fire, it, it touched me in a way that I'm like, you know, that's, that's probably one of my aha moments. Like, oh, shit, this is real, you yeah. know. Because Hobbs know, was and, a rookie. That was his first yeah. fire, right? I think it was his first fire, but it was this, you know, uh, just that, that whole experience for me, uh, you know, not, not only like going like, Oh shit, this is real. Right. You know, ha having to call my wife. Cause I, I, I had to use somebody else's cell phone because I left mine at the station mm -hmm. like a dumbass, you know, <laughs> and I was upset, you know, because that's the upsetting thing to happen. Absolutely. You no. Know? You know, and I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to be home. I don't have my phone. I'm okay. Love you. Bye. You know, and hung up the phone. You know, you know and we did what we had to do, you know, uh, you know, that whole process. But if I can teach a rookie one thing, if, if an ass chewing sent and he remembers it because I, he, I, he got that ass chewing for me, and he goes home. I'm okay with that. I don't really care about his feelings, mm -hmm. you know. In the long run, right? You know, because he's going home. He's, he's living his life. He's continuing. You know. Uh, you know. So if if, if 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 I can make that happen, and I, that's the one part I can control, I'll do it every day. See, and that's that right there. I mean, for everybody that's going to listen in that right there is what makes you so special. That's why people like you. That's why they follow you. That's why they listen to you. That's why you became uncle Sims because you have that type of passion with that type of discipline and that much motivation to make sure that everybody goes home. And it's not that you don't care about their feelings because you just want to be an asshole to be an asshole. It's I want to be this because I want to make sure that you have the career that I've had thus far. And I'm that's an I'm an asshole with a purpose. Right. Exactly. Okay. There you go. Uh, an asshole with a purpose. And I love it because that's my thing, right? Like for me, that's my job as a chief is to make sure that all 44 people on my shift have the career that I've had so far. My family knows that I could die. They have accepted that. 
And if God stood before me today and said, you are one of your crew members or one of your shift members, I always said me, take me because I've had one hell of a career. I'm not ready for it to be over, but every person under me, every person that came after me, they deserve the, the opportunity to have the career that I've had thus far. And, in, and the only way that they're going to be able to fulfill that is if I hold them accountable and I stay on top of them and I give them that opportunity to love the job. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of goes, goes in a, you know, your talks and your rookie stuff about, you know, and, and you know, I give people hard time when they start talking about generational stuff. You know, like, well, these millennials. I'm like, you know, millennials are own houses and have babies now, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, why are we blaming millennials or, right. or whoever it is now? Like, you're almost a millennial. I, not even close. No, you're almost. Almost. I'm almost counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> I'm well, I'm one year. I am, I am the beginning year of millennials. So, I'm a proud B-shifter and I guess uh, – a proud but, millennial. But, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's like, well, you know, these guys don't understand. Da, da, da. You know, well, you know what? They had different options than you. So what are we going to do now? He can't start his chainsaw. So what are we going to do? We're going to show him how to cha start his chainsaw. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, uh, he doesn't. Because that's one. Uh, uh, I'm all over the place. But one thing about training rookies is i've had to explain to a hundred million people feels like rookie training is almost adult 101 as well 100 100 percent. you know and so you know because i always have my rookies at some point write an essay why do you want to be a fireman i love so it. I, have stip I have stipulations don't write no bs but i want to serve and da 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 because i want to serve is not going to get you through that hundredth run after midnight. It's just not. It's, you're like, I don't want to serve. I want to go home, go to bed. Mm -hmm. You know. So why do you want to be a fireman? Uh, my current rookie probably wrote the most truest statement uh, essay ever. Uh, I'll summarize. Uh, basically, that he wanted to be a musician, but it's like I really didn't love love it. I didn't have the love for it. And he's like, I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I become, uh, you know, adult? How do I become a man? I need to become a man. I need to learn, you know, I need to learn all these things. How do I become that, you know, that? And he bumped into uh, some firefighters at a, you know, career fair or whatever. And uh, he's like, that sounds like a place I can learn to do stuff and things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so they said, that's why, you know, that's why I want to become a fireman, because I want to be the guy that knows what to do when shit happens. Yep. And, and so we always, I end up always talking to him or texting him or whatever on something going, hey, I thought you wanted to be the guy. You're not being the guy. The guy doesn't do what you just did, you know, or whatever. Mm hmm you know? You know, the guy you want to be is always doing the right thing, no matter what, no matter the consequences of people talking shit on you or whatever. He's always going to do the right thing at the end of the day. You know, 
you know, and, and the right thing is a spectrum, right? It's a gray area. Sure. It's not, you're not black and white, but, you know, but if you're within that spectrum doing the right thing, you're going to be okay. And, and you know, and he's, he, you know, he doesn't do it anymore. He's like, I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm like, don't apologize to me. I just say, say you're going to fix sorry. it. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, don't even tell me you're going to fix it. Show me. I'm Missouri. I'm the show me state. Show me you're going to do better. Sure. You know, because actions go thousand miles further than words ever will. A hundred percent. So, you know. Well, I mean, how many and, how many rookies have come through the door? Like you said, adulting one on one. How many have come through the door that didn't know how to cook, didn't know how to fold clothes, cut the grass? I mean, it, it's it's uh the fire service has become so much more than just teaching you how to be a fireman. I mean, rookies yeah. come through the door, they don't know how to budget. They don't know how to spend money. They don't know how yeah. to how to polish boots because half of them went to fire school online. Um, and and uh, half of the other fire schools don't care about appearance anymore for whatever reason, um, which I think we all know that most fire schools are what's hurting the fire service today because they're not they're not teaching the true mission anymore. They're just teaching what the what the commission says they need to teach. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's really putting it on us, you, me and everybody else back at the firehouse to teach them to be that adult while teaching them the 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 very basics and growing them to the advanced of being a firefighter yeah i mean it's yeah and 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 people get hung i don't know why people get hung up on that but they do i remember sitting at a table listening to guys complain about a rookie i mean a laundry list of what this rookie was doing wrong and i'm just sitting there and you know that face i have sure Everybody knows that face. I have Everybody. Like, what seems? I'm like, well, what are you going to do to fix it? Uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have to babysit somebody. All too bad you have a rookie. You're going to have to babysit mm-hmm. at least 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and yeah, apparently y'all work 48, so it's even even longer. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, it's like. Either stop bitching and start fixing, or stop bitching. Because mm-hmm. either be a solution to the problem or shut the fuck up. And, and uh, I had to say that one because it's, no, it's it. true. Go ahead. It's true. It's, tr- <laughs> it's true because you know it's like you know have your bitching moan session and then like all right, how are we gonna fix it? This rookie sucks, but unfortunately, we're got we're the guys got to fix it, and he works with us. That's right. And he's a representation of me. And that's what I tell rookies. I say, when you leave this station, people, you do something, people are going to love to call me and say, well, you can believe what your rookie did. They love it. You mm-hmm. know? And and then, you know, you probably could go interview many of rookies that uh, Engine 55 has visited. Yeah, but how, how proud is it? Runs. How proud is it for you? you know, to, to send a rookie off. Right. Cause we all know, I say, we all know for those out there listening, not every rookie that comes to 55 Bravo is able to stay that when yeah. they're done with their face test and they might get, they might get manpowered out or they might have to go find a new hole cause there isn't a hole open for them. Uh, so on and so forth. But, but how, how proud is it uh, for you personally, right? We're not talking about the captain, nothing else, but for, for you as the chauffeur, how proud is it for someone to come to you and be like, Hey man, that, that kid right there, that was Sims boy. Like he's jammed up. 
right? I mean, it, is that is that not something that you pride yourself on? I do, uh, you know, when nobody is looking. But you know, you know, uh, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that dude's a moron, you know. But you know, but yeah, I mean, I take pride in it. I mean, and it's it's not a pride in myself. It's like, you know, man, you know, whoever got, you know, you got it, you know, awesome, you know, not, you know, I had a rookie one time that she said I hated you. I could not stand you. You'd come across the bay with your cup of coffee, and I know you're just going to ask me a question that I couldn't answer, and it just would be no fun. But when I left and went off, and people saw I could do my job, you know, I wasn't treated like the girl anymore. You know, mm-hmm. and, and like, because, you know, I was like, uh, I remember – People were calling her by her first name. They're like, uh-uh, that ain't happening. You only answered rookie. That's your only name. Rook or rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no, you have no name. You know, and and yeah, I mean, and I was no softer and no harder on her than any other rookie, but you know, I just I did my thing, you know, and she hated me, and, and, and but what's funny, likes me now, you know. Well, yeah, because you helped set up her career. You know, She's and, able uh, to move on and be successful because of what she learned right there with you and everybody else, right? Like, 55s is not just the Uncle Sims show. I mean, it's a collective effort, but personally, I've seen you instill a lot of your personal time into rookies, even in Pearland, let alone the city of Houston. So I know that a lot of their influence does come from you, which – I think you and I could agree is the job of a chauffeur, especially a senior chauffeur. I mean, like, you know, working in Pearland, uh, I love the guys there. Uh, and, uh, you know, lieutenants or whatever, like, hey, can you show the rookie whatever or da-da-da, or, or I'll just see something. You know, now, you know, been, you know, what have been there over six, a little bit over six years now. Uh, you know, I just kind of know, like, all right. I got, I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got lieutenants like, Hey, I got, I got a new, I got a new, uh, rook guy, a new guy. It don't even have to be rookie. I got a new guy giving your saw class. So we'll go over chainsaw stuff, you know, and it's in, you know, and, and it's kind of funny cause like, spent, you know, going over like saw stuff, you know, these guys like, you know, I've been taught nine ways to do this. And I'm like, well, if you shut up and listen, everything that comes out of my mouth is still says this. Husbana says this, you know, I am never interjecting the mythos of a chainsaw or, you know, or K-12. I'm telling them exactly what still wants them to do, you know? And, and, and then they kind of go like, you know what? You did say that. And then they'll shut up and listen. But so, but I learn stuff in Pearland all the time. I mean, your guys that went to the search class, uh, my uh, buddy, Nick Schroeder, that I hate. Uh, he, 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 uh, he, uh, he helped teach that class, you know, and, uh, it was some good stuff that, uh, your guys were putting out about that. And Mm -hmm. I texted Nick, I was texting Nick and I said, man, you made them Pearland dudes dumber. (laughs) (laughs) He he was like, 
I don't expect that. And I'm like, well, you know, I can't really compliment you. You know that, you know, but you know, you know, we're just talking crap to each other, but you know, and, but those guys came back and was teaching what they learned and it's really good stuff, you know? And, and so I'm learning stuff through your guys as well. Sure. You know, and, uh, and I've got to a point in my career now that, uh, unless it's just really something really stupid, or I, I personally think it's stupid. I'll go, you know, I'll take that and put it in my toolbox, you know, for later, you know, you know, cause you don't think, you know, like everything's a spectrum. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. Throw this out. Yep. Oh, Hey, this thing I hadn't tried before. Let's try to, Oh, that worked on the situation. Noted, you know, and that's, and that's kind of like going back to training rookies. It's like, you're going to hear one thing from me. You're going to hear one thing from this guy. You're going to hear one thing from your captain, you know, all of them are probably legit. You know, you're, you're just seeing a job through different lenses and you take all that information and you, you and see where it works when it works. Sure. Or, or you take all this information and you're like, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. This and this works for me. And you start, you start kind of like molding your own style of firefighting, you know. Which then led to your own syllabus and your own way of checking off rookies. Yeah, you know, and, you know, and, and again, knowing yourself, like me, I'm ADD. I can go off the rails really quick. I mean, like, I'm chatterbox, of course. But, you know, if, if I don't have – or if I'm not organized, I'm going to get everything else done but what needs to get done. You know, sure. so that's what – that's, you know, knowing myself knowing what most firemen are somewhat ADD, it really just helps you keep on track. Absolutely. And, and you know, and uh, Chris, Chris, uh, when he left to go to 51s for senior, he had a rookie struggling over there uh, <clears throat> on test. And he's like, send me your testing schedule because his rookie needs it. So I sent it to him and that rookie owes me a day. He hasn't written for me yet. I haven't heard from that rookie. But apparently my <laughs> testing schedule, you know, helped him, you know, and, um, and so things like that. I, I, I'm just glad. And I am not a person like just super secret stuff. You can never have it. I'm like, have it all. Like Hefner, Hefner has my entire rookie folder, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, here, have it. It's yours. Use what you can, you know. I'm not, you know, all the, the captains at 55s, my one drive in Houston, I've shared it with all of them. Like, here, sure. take what you want. What stupid do you don't use? You know, I'm like, but here it is. So let's, and, let's tap into a little bit. Cause you've, we've, man, we have talked about a lot and, <laughs> and I took some notes down, right. Cause I wanted to make sure that I could stay on track because between you and I, we're both battling ADD. We're liable to go on for two, three, four, five hours. Hell, we could go on until six o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, but you mentioned that, uh, Cap Mobert and that Jim Morris had a lot to do with you when you were rookie and that they were your guys, especially Obert over at 55. Dive into a little bit about what did Obert do for you that really set you up for success to where you could go back to 25s and start learning from Jim and watching those senior guys get dressed, which then eventually led to, uh, the development of uncle Sims. Ah, man, it's just Obert's character. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really wasn't i can't think of a action he done it was just his character right just like you know greg how he just carries sure. himself 
I mean, he's a little, he's a little grumpy guy, you know, you know, you know. Uh, but but at the same time, he's got a good heart, you know. And I, and and that was the thing was like, he probably man, it's so long ago, I can't even remember. Uh, not that long ago, but long enough. Uh, that uh, he probably just had these expectations, you know. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I think he. You know, a lot of times I was in the computer room reading guidelines and stuff, you know, when I had downtime. And that was, you know, self-accountability, which sure. worked great what worked great for me because I don't deal well with micromanaging. So, uh, you know, and but uh, just teaching me and just talking to me and, and just, you know, just being Greg over. Just like I said, that first fire is like, hey gonna be all right Slow yeah down. he gave you that I, confidence and, and it, but it was, it's kind of just like those little statements throughout you know mm-hmm. um I, you know that, that that rookie time was a blur almost you know sure uh it was a lot shorter than the rookies have now i think we had three months of phase testing and they have six right. months now so it was more of a blur you know well, you had three um, months plus you had the Tabber program for EMT and you still had to keep up your runtime, right? Your mile and a half runtime. I mean, you had a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, left 55s and went to 25s and it was assigned to Amlets 525 because that's what rookies did then. You were assigned to Amlets to you for a year or until you got relieved from another rookie. Mm-hmm. I did like eight or nine months and then they, right before I was going to get relieved, by uh, one of your uh, newer hires over at the – I think he works at Threes on the Charlie shift. Won't name his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they ended that program. But, uh, you know, I was I was at 25s with, uh, with two boxes for many of years, you know, about three probably, about, mm-hmm. maybe about half my time, and spent most of my time – on those boxes, you know, because rarely could keep a Emmett chauffeur, you know, it's just us, you know, just a handful of pipemen over there. Not really a lot to, you know, you're always riding on Amlets. It seemed like, or you're driving Amlets. Sure. But, but I did, I did, I did get to deliver Amlets 525 to seven. That was a great day for me. <laughs> I was like, you can have this thing. Uh, and our rotation got a lot better after that. You know, sure. Riding a pumper more. But at the same time, I got a lot of street smarts EMS wise. I, you know, I, I, you know, I learned a lot of, you know, things over there on, on how to deal with that. So I was a little bit more confident uh, on the ambulance, you know. And then y'all went uh, through a district change too, right? You started yeah, there, y'all we, were in 46s and then you went to eights. We went to eights. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, we did that. Uh, that was a little different, um, you know. Still, kind of, we were more of the redheaded stepchildren of District Eight when we moved over there. I don't know how it is now. I think it's a lot better, but mm-hmm. time, it felt like we were. It might have been just us, our crew. You know, uh, I, I think our our crew was labeled as rebels and rogues at one time. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I probably I'll probably take that that title. You know, um, but 
Uh, well, I mean, when you spend as many nights on the University of Houston campus as 25s does, I mean, I guess you could be called that. Oh, yeah. That Between that and uh, was it Texas Southern? Yeah. So yeah, I think I think I went to U of H way more than I ever went to TSU. Mm-hmm. But man, man but how good was Frenchies really- across the street? Man, brother, that's some good stuff. <laughs> Frenchies fried chicken. Yeah, there. But but Scott and Rosewood, right? Yeah. Uh, there used to be a on the other side. It would be the west side of TSU. Uh, um, what was it called? Snowburger. It was a snow cone burger place. Best hamburgers I've ever eaten in my life. Come on, like bro, we'd go over there. Like I used used to my, the amateur chauffeur I always ride with, uh, big old swole dude used to play for U of H. Uh, man, he liked to eat, so we'd go eat those hamburgers all the time. I was like, man, I love this place. <laughs> you know, it was it was a great little place to eat. But wouldn't you know, pass a code inspection, but it was good. Oh, not at all. But you know, but I mean, what what good place to eat would pass a code inspection? That is true. You know? That is true. It, you know, and and I'm a true believer in, in you know you support the community you work in, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I I try to do I try to do that Sunnyside as much as we can. Uh, I remember a kid opening up a hot dog stand, and you know uh, we're trying to go over there. I always get hot dogs from him. You know, just things like that. You know as much as we can, you know, support the community, uh, you know, cause those are the people we serve. Sure. And, you know, and, um, and again, going back to rookies and stuff, it's like, Hey, we serve this community, you know, for whatever call you make, you know, we're here to serve this community. We're going to take care of our community, you know, be proud that you, you know, in the community you work in and, you know, do not go out treating, the citizens of this community like crap you know um you know i know i know we all we can all get burned out we can all have bad days you know uh you know that that whatever run after midnight is no fun for anybody but we got to remember at the end of the day we still got to take care of the the people who who want us there and they want us they want us here that's right care of them so. I mean, how many runs after midnight have you made that uh, the amount of complaints you received put the put the pumper back in service? How many times has a rookie complained about a run that put the pumper back in service? Uh, what, what do you mean by that? I'm trying. I'm, so, like, you like, say, you say, don't. It doesn't matter. Everybody doesn't like going on those runs after midnight. So yeah. I know that you know it doesn't matter how many times you complain. It doesn't matter what you're complaining about. That pumper's not going to service. You still got a run to make. Oh yeah, still got a job to do. Yeah, yeah, we're going to it. You know, no matter what. Yeah, just put your smile on your face and go do your job. I mean, and and again, God, I don't know what I'm talking about so much, but like with with Chris Kelly, you know, he's gonna he's gonna owe you a steak dinner after tonight. Well, rookie owes me a day, and (laughs) he hasn't paid me back for that. Uh, but you know, he always took the opportunity to educate people like people would have a migraine headache all right you know okay these are the things we can do we can go to the hospital or this is how you can treat it at home you know and give all the options go you know go through the whole whole thing you know it's always educating or or whatever it was oh your baby has a fever da 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 you know okay everything's turning out fine uh you know we'll call the supervisor and do a refusal but these are the things we can do 
Mm-hmm. Or next time, this is things you can do, you know, you know, and you walk them through the steps. And you just took those opportunities to, you know, educate the public. Again, it's not a rookie, it's a citizen. They might need a little adult one-on-one. We all need it, you know. Sure. So, you know, uh, I mean, we all give each other adult one-on-one advice all the time at the station. So we're just sharing it with the uh the citizens as well. And, you know, and and it's always what's best for that call. Do they need to go to the hospital or is it more education? Is it community outreach? What do we need to do? And and that was always I, I, I love seeing that. And that was known through the district that 55s cared about, care about the community. We're out there working for the community. We're educating the community. And it, it's just a great thing to know that people looked at us in our district and around us that knew that, and it was, you know, that's, that's a thing to have pride about. Absolutely. Know? I mean, before COVID, I remember you sending me pictures, videos, whatever, of y'all going to all these community events within Sunnyside and getting involved in them or having, having the rookie go and dance with them or pass out. What was it? Easter eggs one year. And yeah, I mean, we had all the, kinds we had of rookie stuff. Dress, we had the rookie dress up Easter bunny. And, uh, you know, we, we went to an Easter egg hunt, you know, and he was, dancing with everybody dressed up as the Easter bunny. It was a good time. You sure. Know? And it builds and, that, uh, it builds that trust and that respect between y'all and the, and the citizens. Yeah. You know, and, um, I don't, I don't, I don't like getting on a high horse and, and, and saying, you know, we're better than everybody. It's just, you know, this just, that's the standard we try to achieve. Do sure. we always make it? No, but we're always shooting for that standard. Sure. You know? Well, I mean, so we've been going right out about an hour and we've talked a ton about successes and about rookies and training. And I mean, I think we've gone down four five, six, I don't know, probably 10 different rabbit holes, huh? Our typical, yeah. our typical conversations, but yeah, man, there's one thing that I really wanted to hit on, you know, cause I, I have a lot of notes tonight, right? I, I've written okay. down quite a bit of stuff and man, it's all really great stuff. Like it, it makes me love you even more and your unicorns and rainbows. And uh, the one thing that I want to hit on, man, is like through all of this, through these last 15 years with Houston, I mean, has there ever been a time where you felt like you failed or you had a failure or a rookie didn't make the cut and you could have done better? Um, and if so, I mean, what did you do to fix it or how did you handle it or, or kind of where did you go from there? Um. And I probably, uh, I'll start off with this, and 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 then I'll see if I get my brain going a little bit. Uh, Amlet Schofer at the time asked me, "What did I learn from going from the Amlets to the Pumper? What was the biggest thing I learned?" And I was like, "I mean, instantly I'm a." You know, out of my mouth was like, I didn't know everything I thought it did. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you know, like all this, it's like I thought I, you know, I mean, I was like, man, I got this, I know how to, do but I didn't, you know, or you know, we get a reserve and I have a brain fart and didn't know, you know, which lever to pull or, or whatever, or many brain farts going places, you know, I, you know. I went this way and I was supposed to go that way, you know, or, or, or things of that nature. And it's just, you know, but I just, 
I always took pride in, in, in being that chauffeur, you know, uh, like Obert and, and Jim were, you know, just, you know, they knew where they were going. They knew they, in my eyes, they, they seem like they knew what they're doing all the time, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And that's just what I wanted to be. And if I did not stay at that standard, I deviated and made a small mistake or a big mistake. Uh, you know, I was pretty hard on myself. Right. Um, and, it, but I don't know about big mistakes. Um, you know, me, uh, me writing checks with my mouth, my ass could cash to, you know, officers or chiefs, those, you know, um, uh, I've not been known to blurt <laughs> off a lot, but, but, you know, it, it's like everything. Um, I, I'm trying to think of a mistake and I, I can't, uh, you know, a certain one, but I just, um, what about, always I mean, just trying to be in a, you know, just keeping the standard as much as possible. Like, like one time we made a fire, another engine was pumping and having water supply issues. Mm-hmm. And Chris Kelly was on the line with the other guys and, you know, they're kind of get frustrated, but he, he said in his head, Sims is out there. They're going to fix it. And so that's kind of like the standard I've always held myself to for any officer I've ever driven. If Sims is out there, he's going to handle it. Like if fire's on their ass, they're trying to get out. I'm the ladder chauffeur now. You know, here's that, you know, whatever ladder coming through the window so they just can come screaming out. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what I want to be. You know, that's what I try to be. But, you know, do I hit it every time? No, but you know, again, that's I just hold myself to that stand. Well, I think, you know, man, I mean, the 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 amount that you just said, right? I mean, regardless if you can think of a failure or not, or regardless if you had a rookie make it or not, man, I can see and I can hear. As always, this is not new for those listening tonight. This is not new for me to experience this, but your level of passion and wanting to be good is something that is not seen in the fire service today. It is something that is missing that we need to get back to as a service in general. Um, and, and that's, that's why I love having conversations with you is you want to be that guy. And for whatever reason, you still don't think you're quite there yet, but I can tell you like on my personal, from my personal feeling, you're there. I trust you. I know that if, if you're on the line with one of my officers or one of my pipe men on the B shift that I know they're going to be okay. Yeah. Back in the day when the part-timers could drive, if you were driving me, you know, when you drove me, when I was a company officer, I knew that I was going to be okay that day. And I think it's important for you to realize that too, is you're still grinding. You're still getting better, but you are what you want to be. You are that Obert and that Jim Morris. And, uh, and now you just got to continue to be as good as they were before they hung it up, you know, not that yeah. Greg hung it yeah. up, but now he's a senior. No. He doesn't know anything no. about pumping. Right. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, and, and yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but I mean, I don't want to be the guy that's like, I know everything. I don't need to do it. You know? And, and then, and then I make a mistake, you, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, of course, everything goes, look at it. Look at it. Oh, dumbass over there making a mistake. You know, it's like, yeah, I made a mistake. 
you know, I'm me, you know, and, and, and it's like, I'm always trying to get better. You know, like when I went from the uh, pumper to the ladder, like I knew what a ladder shover should do. Mm-hmm. Did I do it? Not at all. But I recognized, and I even told my senior at the time, I said, hey, man, I'm still acting like a pumper chauffeur. I'm going get to my, get my ass in line, and I'm going to start acting like a ladder chauffeur. You know, and and he's a chief now, uh, Chief Ben Perry. Uh, he is, he was a great officer in the way that, like me and Chris were, was like, uh, bouncing off each other. Like he would ask me after every fire, every incident, what could I have done that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, and I was like, hang on. You know, it's like in your head, you're like, you're a senior captain. Why you ask me? I'm just a dumbass chauffeur. Sure. You know, and but, but, you know, I mean, but we had, but I understood it, you know, then as I do now, it was a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and so, you know, and, and especially with me and Ben, we were yin and yang. You know, he was more of a Boy Scout, you know, prim and proper, did everything right. Everything was by the book. I was more, I'm more of a pirate. You know, I'm a little bit rough, rough around the edges, and, <laughs> you know. And, a little bit, a little bit. And I, and I bend the rules a lot, you know, uh, not break them, but bend them. Uh, so, uh, but we were really good on that. Unfortunately for me and Chris Kelly, we were – we just fueled each other's fire. Sure. Uh, and, uh, which is not a bad a, thing, which is not, not a bad, bad thing. thing. Not a bad thing, but, um, you know, so, I mean, th- those were mistakes I made just, you know, when I, when I became a, you know, started driving a ladder, I acted, I acted a lot like a pumper show for a while, probably my, my first year doing it. It took me about that long to get that full transformation. You know, I would say I was way better pumper chauffeur than I ever was a fireman, you know, mm-hmm. a pipeman, you know, uh, I'm getting there as a ladder chauffeur, but you know, it, it's, it's, I learn, you know, there's, there's another ladder chauffeur in my district and I watch him and I take notes what he does because he's been driving ladder forever. And I'm just sitting there taking notes, you know, in my head, like, hey, okay, he's doing this on this and he's doing this on, okay, I see, I see why I'm understanding why, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff. You know, and, and, you know, I ask him on fire. It's like, hey, man, what do you need help with? He's doing it all himself. He don't mm-hmm. want my help. He wants me to get out of the way. You know, get out of the way, stupid. You know, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting out of the way. I'm going to watch you, and I'm going to take notes, and I'm going to bug you. You know, and, and that's – and and now, I kind of, you know, I'm starting to feel confident as a last chauffeur in the fact that when I pull up, I know what I'm doing. Sure. Getting out. I got my I got my little routine I'm doing now. You know, I'm really com- just like when I was a pumper show for a minute, I get out, boom, 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 boom. You know, Chris never had to tell me anything. Other guys I drove never had to tell me anything. I just started going to work. And and that's where I'm getting as a ladder show for now. But, you know, like if, if anybody's listening tonight, which, you know, I'm sure there'll be a few because people want to hear the Uncle Sims, but take note in that. Like he just sat here and told you what he does as a 15-year guy in the city of Houston, as, as a two-year guy on the ladder trick, that he sits there and he still watches other chauffeurs and takes notes. He's still learning. He's still striving to be better. And that's what the fire service takes, bro. 
Like if you're not out there trying to get better, if you're only out there to chastise others while you sit on the couch and eat potato chips, then you're no good to the fire service and you're no good to your fire department. So either make a change or exit. And, uh, man, you know, I want to end it, uh, Sims on one last thing, man. I want your take on something because man, like it seems throughout everything tonight, it all comes back to you and your captain, you and your captain. It doesn't matter who you were driving at the time. How important is that relationship between a chauffeur and a captain, junior, senior, whatever, lieutenant and Pearland, right? Whatever. How, how important is that relationship to the success of a crew and of a rookie? Uh, I, this, I can go, we can make this into a three hour podcast, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's very important, very important, you know, uh, like, um, you know, as that show, you know, you know, it depends on what kind of house you're in. Like, you know, 55s, you know, there, there are four chauffeurs. There's, you know, there's me, ladder chauffeur, there's, the, you know, pumper chauffeur, there's the medic chauffeur and the ambulance chauffeur. Mm-hmm. So there's four chauffeurs, you know, uh, medic chauffeur and ambulance chauffeur, they're not there that much, you know, but when they are, you know, they're still chauffeurs and they participate, you know, in the crew. Um, but that apparatus chauffeur, since he's there the most, if you're a single house or wherever, you know, he's that, he should be that sergeant, you know, like in the military, or whatever, that NCO, like he's gonna, he's gonna like, hey, this shit needs to get done. This shit ain't getting done. You need to do it. You know, and he drops a hammer on those, on the silver badges, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, he's the one that stands up to that gold badge, like, go to your room. This is dumb. This is stupid. Go away. You know, you, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. Sure. And not, you, you know, it, you don't have to be disrespectful about it. Uh, you know, I've had officers come in. You can tell they, they're just in a bad mood, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, trash going to get picked up it's like hey man do you trust us yeah we'll get to trash when we get to it go to your room you know and it's like and like you know go to the room they might not like it you know <laughs> i've had a, i've had a couple that's told me i'm the captain and i'm like not right now because you got kazoos on your collar and not bugles so go to your room stop being a joke and get it over you know, is that disrespectful? Yes, but they need to hear it, you know, because at the end of the day, you have to trust your guy. Right. You know, like, okay, I take note, trash is taken out, whatever, you know, and later if it's not handled, then, you know, I'll handle it, you know, as an officer. I mean, and the first person they should come to is the show, you know, hey, this is the problem. The guys ain't taking trash out. You want to handle it? Normally a chauffeur should go, I'll handle it. Sure. You know, and, and, and so, you're kind of you're kind of that middle guy. You're you're barking down a chain of command, but you're also going to bark up to protect your guys when your guys are right and that bugle is wrong, or that chief is wrong, or whoever is wrong. You're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this ain't happening. Sure. You know, and you, sh- yeah, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, Spartan three hundred. You're sitting there and like, you ain't touching my guys over there. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're the you're the ultimate critic and the ultimate protector of all those firemen. Yeah. You know, and but I mean, but you have to be both. 
Yeah, a absolutely. Show. You, you know, you can't be one. You know, you can't be the guy dropping the hammer, but not protect you. But you know, have you don't have the backbone to protect. No, oh, absolutely. You know, or or you're a blue falcon, and you're just you know you're just out there being a blue falcon. Yeah, y'all can Google that. Uh, uh, and, <laughs> and and not taking care of your guys. Sure. You know? Uh, but uh, but you know, but again, it should be that mutual respect between the chauffeur and the officer, right? Absolutely. Like, these are my, these are my clear expectations. These are what I want to get, done. you know, what is have to get done as me as an officer in this station. This is what I want. And then, you know, whatever then you, you come to an agreement or, or however, and you're like, okay, I will enforce these things and you enforce them. Sure. Well, you know, and, you and know, it's, I think it goes without saying, right? Like so many times, how many times have you heard? I know I've heard it, especially down here in Southeast Texas, like, the best job in the fire department is being a chauffeur. And, and I don't disagree with that statement. I think it is, but you know what? I also think it's the hardest job because it's the, it's the one job where you have to play both sides. You have to be that critic. You have to be that teacher, that mentor, but you have to be that protector too, because sometimes even myself as a Lieutenant, sometimes uh, Bill or Corthell or, or even Cade, when he was driving me, would have to come and say, Hey man, take a chill pill. Like you, you're, you're a little, you're a little overbearing today. You're a little bit on, 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 on your bad side of day. Just go away. Like I got yeah. the guys just chill out for a bit. And, and, um, so as great as that job is, I definitely think it is one of the harder but, jobs in the fire department. But yeah, but also to add on to that is that dynamic should also build within the crew, right? Just to sure. show it should be a click with the chauffeur and the officer, right? Uh, one thing I still have today is the table of truth. Table of truth can be anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. It could be the picnic table outside, you, you know, or it could be like a table of truth time. You know, it's like no rank. This is this is this is what the truth is from my you know from my heart, my soul, whatever. This is what it is. If it hurts your feelings, it hurts your feelings, but this is how it is, right? Sure. And 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 that shit, that shit how that crew dynamic should be. You know, it's like, you know, Oster's taking care of his business, doing his stuff, you know, he's live, you know, doing uh, you know, he's living up to the expectations of his crew, right? Mm-hmm. That chauffeur is is doing the same thing. He's taking care of his guys, you know, making sure things get done, you know, doing all that, you know, picking up the slack all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, kind of, he could see the, the, the snowball coming down. And so he can like yell at the guys like, Hey, it's coming, you know, and, and kind of get in the way and kind of protect them. And that, you know, and, and people see that and, and they're like, I want to be in this crew because this, this works well. It's like, it's just not, not micromanaging. It's not, you know, it's not, this way one day this way the next day you know and all this kind of stuff um you know and and all that and but it 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 takes it it takes a lot of uh emotional maturity absolutely to be that chauffeur and i harp on guys all the time about don't promote too early oh 100 because what happens is is you know gonna love the comment section on this one but you know 
you gain that emotional maturity being a pipeman, right? And it's a, you know, and whatever the magic number is, I don't, I don't know. It, you, sh- you know, you should not be a two-year pipeman trying to be a chauffeur. You need, you need to, you know, get a little bit more battle scars as a pipeman. But you know, you gain that emotional maturity within the fire service and then you become that you know chauffeur and then you gain that you know then you start developing that more emotional maturity to go to officer sure and 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 since you had that good dynamic as a pipeman to a chauffeur to an officer you know you understand all that and you understand the importance of all the relationships especially that front seat relationship oh yeah 100 percent you know like you know i many times many times Hey, you know, this, 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 this needs to happen, you know, and it's whatever time during the day. And I will just look over and go, that's not my fuck budget day. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, officer will go, okay, you know, and turn around into the, you know, like, and we'll get back to the station and I'll be like, Hey, I'm, you know, got it down in my little handy dandy notebook. We'll handle it next day on. I got you, and then, and boom, it's you know, and that's the end of this end of the discussion. It, it needs to get done. It's just not going to happen today for whatever reasons, but it's going to get done. But you know, again, you got to have the emotion maturity to do that. You know, and some you know some guys takes longer to get there than others. One hundred percent, brother. Well, man, I think that's going to wrap it for us. We've been on the been on the mic for a little bit and uh man for y'all listening out there this is a very short conversation compared to the ones that me and steven <laughs> have so uh man steven i i really thank you man i really thank you brother for joining me tonight and uh i know it was a crowd favorite i know that i had a lot of people saying put uncle sims on there so i'm glad we we're able to get you on here uh i really appreciate the rainbow i am a little jealous it's not double rainbow uh but i do I want know. I do want one of those shirts. I do want we'll, one of those we'll, shirts. We'll, we'll figure out if we can get you one or not. Yeah, I, I, I do. I like it. I'll actually rep yeah. that, man. I, uh, man, I, I love talking to you. I love everything that you said and, and everything that you stand for. And, and, uh, I'm honored to have you in Pearland and, and call you a friend and a brother. And, and, uh, man, I just thank you for joining us tonight here on the episode three with me and my goose Maverick. You see, he's got some shades and some swag, swag. my goose Maverick, goose in Maverick. So, uh, man, I appreciate you joining me. And, uh, if there's anything else you'd like to say to end out the show, brother, go ahead. Uh, not really. I mean, just, you know, get out there and do it, whatever you can. Uh, uh, to all the people I mentioned, especially Chris Kelly, you know, suck it. I don't like you. <laughs> but you got to get a mistake and the rookie owes him a day. Hey, I, 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 I do. I do appreciate his little shout out on the hooked and hoses uh, podcast you know I, i'm glad I, I could develop him as an officer so whatever chief he wor- works for now you're welcome <laughs> uh, uh but no i mean i know i know people are probably gonna be sad that you know i didn't give you as much of a hard time as i could have on this web you know on this uh podcast but uh the shit talking will continue on facebook hey, all the other bro. social media all the other social media, but no, just, uh, not really, man. Just, you know, get out there and do something, be the solution, not the problem. You know, uh, if you are the problem and you don't want to find a solution, 
find employment elsewhere. That's it. Find employment elsewhere. Make your exit. Yeah. I love That's it. That's it. And, you know. Well, you still have some of that Japanese whiskey in your unicorn glass there? I, I de- I've been saving it. Been saving. What is that? A unicorn yeah. tiki glass, you said, huh? Unicorn tiki, yes. Ooh, wee. Yeah, Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, cool if you gifts. go find if you go find Stephen Sims on Facebook, you will see nothing but unicorns, including including the axe handle that he carries when he rides the seat. So, <laughs> well, yeah. hey man, that Hello. wraps it up. That wraps it up here for another episode of the Do Your Damn Job podcast, episode three. Episode three it was a fantastic time. I really appreciate my brother Stephen joining me. I appreciate the shout out with the shirt. I appreciate all the knowledge you dropped here tonight. And uh, if you would, brother, grab your glass and for all those out there, whatever drink that you have tonight, and uh, go ahead and honor all of those who have fallen this year and in the past. Always remember to learn and always remember to teach. If you would, please remember that suicide is a very real is a very real deal in the fire service. There's no reason to go without help. We have a great organization that is truly close to my heart. I'm wearing their shirt tonight. Next rung. Next Rung has helped thousands of our brothers and sisters, and they continue that mission today stronger than ever. Please understand that you are not alone. Call or text the word SUPPORT to 1-833-698-7864 to get a hold of Next Rung today. Now raise your glass, ladies and gentlemen, and salante. Salante. Well, that wraps it up. I really appreciate you joining me, brother. I look forward to our next shift together. Yes, sir. Take care.